The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, broadcasting from beautiful, sunny Arizona. We're delighted to have you with us today. Now, this week on the Self-Improvement blog, you will, of course, as usual, find a picture and a bio of today's guest. So I encourage you to take a look at it and spend a moment learning about this very remarkable woman. You'll also find several articles on meditation, and in the video for the week, you'll find a guided meditation as well as the mov- a movie on A Course in Miracles, and it's very good. I encourage you to take a look at it. You'll also find a review of her book, Soul Journey to Love, 100 Days to Inner Peace, and we're going to talk about that book today. Those of you who read the self-improvement blog uh, on a regular basis or even now and then uh, or have listened to this show off and on know that I believe meditation is the most important self-improvement tool we have. Without reflection, without self-examination, solitude, going within, there can really be no significant and lasting change. Self-improvement, as I keep saying, is an inside job, and meditation is the key that opens the door to what we call within. Our guest today has given us a book of 100 meditations that help you do the deep inner work you need to do. Now, I'm not usually keen on written meditations, but I am keen on this one, and I highly recommend it, so let's meet its author Dr. Irene Cohen has been a physician for almost 30 years in the field of psychiatry and has traveled many spiritual paths along the way. And I find it absolutely wonderful to meet a spiritually oriented psychiatrist. Beginning with a meditation practice in 1977, which continues to the present, she has studied acupuncture, qigong, A Course in Miracles, and the Esoteric Applications of Sound and Color. She is a certified interfaith minister with a Doctor of Divinity from the Esoteric Interfaith Theological Seminary and is also a graduate of the Voice of Love for Embodiment program. 
After participating in the one-year Voice for Love Embodiment Program in 2010, she began writing daily messages from deep within her. She simply wrote where her heart led her, not knowing that it would eventually turn into a book called Soul Journey to Love, 100 Days to Inner Peace. The book is a daily devotional for meditators and contains 100 messages, processes, and prayers, and they are absolutely outstanding. We have a little challenge today because we're both Dr. Irene. Listen to this. Mm. Cohen and Irene Conlon. I'm going to call our guest Dr. Cohen and ask her to call me Irene so you who cannot see us knows who's speaking. Dr. Cohen, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you so much, Irene, for having me today. And yes, isn't it fortuitous we both have the same name? <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I don't meet many Irenes along the way, so I'm always <laughs> when I do. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Irene Cohen? Well, you did give a brief synopsis of my uh, life, didn't you, in the introduction, for which I thank you. Same. I have really... I have been really um, studying spirituality, uh, looking within myself for a very long time. It's probably what led me to psychiatry without my knowing it, since it is a study of the mind and the inner introspective workings of the heart. But I did find, and I did start to meditate before I went to medical school, and that certainly got me through the grueling medical training process to, I, I can't say I was a really peaceful person, but I did not fall apart during medical school. And I do think that it was very, very, it was a very difficult uh, process to go through medical school and residency and always be on and always be on call and have to take care of a lot of issues and to really stay present within oneself. So it gave me a, a sense of Center, centeredness and focus. Now, I don't know whether I you know, but I have a master's degree in nursing with a minor mm-hmm. in psychiatric nursing. Yes. So uh-huh. I really know where you're coming from, and I appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, what you went through to get where you are now. You know, I find your background absolutely fascinating, um, being a psychiatrist, an ordained minister, and author on a, of a very spiritually oriented book. But I'd really like for you to tell us a little bit to begin with about your work as a psychiatrist so people know where you're coming from on that, on that venue. Okay, I'd be happy to talk about that. I had a very traditionally oriented psychiatric practice for a long time. I worked in hospitals. I had a private practice. And Somewhere toward the late 90s, I really wanted to help patients get better in a different kind of way because I saw people come in with the same problems week after week, and the traditional talk therapies were not, and medication were really just not really moving people. And as a meditator, I was always looking for other uh Disciplines. I'm a pretty disciplined person. If you want to know who I am, I'm a very disciplined person. I had heard about Qigong, and I didn't know too much about it, but I did start to study Qigong, which is Chinese meditative movement. So it's kind of like yoga, but it really isn't. 
No, and through it, this, go ahead. Yeah, because it really it's it's a real mind body technique, and there's really much more of the mind than the body. And one is really thinking about the energy or the unity of the of the universe in connection with the the energy of the body. And I studied that type of open qigong where you're really exchanging your energy with the energy of the universe and bringing it back into your body. So that was a great opening for me because I I recognized this vast expanse. It it, it took my meditation practice to a different uh into a different realm. And so I, I studied a number of more practical things that I could help teach my patients about because I really wanted them to be able to take something away with them out of the office and be able to do something by themselves. So I studied relaxation techniques on my own. I uh, I was introduced to EFT, emotional freedom technique, in 2000. So I taught hundreds of people emotional freedom technique, which is tapping on various acupressure points, acupuncture points, while talking about specific aspects of a problem that one has. And then I was led to study with an acupuncturist who had originally been a musician, Fabienne Manmont, who was French, is French, and but lives in the United States, and teaches needle lifts, acupuncture techniques using sound and color, which are really very spiritually minded. So I incorporated that into my practice of psychiatry. Everything that I did, I thought I was doing for others. I was really doing for myself as well because we really have to heal ourselves as well as, well as other people. Yeah, I'm having several thoughts. The first one is how can we clone you so there's one of you around everywhere? Yeah. You can't. You can't. But, you know, I know. The, but the, inter- the Internet is available, so I am almost everywhere. Um, so I did incorporate a number of these processes into my, my private practice, although people always still wanted to talk, and I have a lot of patients on medication as well. So I really developed an integrative practice of psychiatry and energetics that I really had to devise myself because there was nobody to learn this from in my field. Oh, there's nothing out there, and you are so on track with what we know today. Yes, I think that's true. I used to, I used to say, and because that was at the beginning of the 21st century. Well, I was in the 21st century. I left my colleagues behind in the 20th, and if they wanted to come along, that was okay with me. But you know, when you're feel compelled to do something or you're called to do something, you just follow your own guidance, and that's what I did. And it really, to me at least, and hopefully to my patients, it did it did work out. This. Um, further, further spiritual study of A Course in Miracles, which I really came to rather late because the book was published in the 1970s, uh, but I guess right. I wasn't really ready, really wasn't ready for the message of The Course in Miracles, uh, in, in the form that it's given. I became a student, but I didn't go to any groups or anything. I just studied the course myself. I had one friend who was a Course in Miracles student. I used to talk to her about it. And I did the Course in Miracles lessons, which is a mind training technique 
to really not see the world in the in the way that we perceive it through our five senses, but really to see see the world uh, in a completely different spiritual way. And through that, I found the Voice for Love program, which is a program that really teaches one how to hear one's own inner voice, inner teacher, or at the Course in Miracles, way of putting it is the Holy Spirit. One could consider that the higher self. Uh, the Doyles call it the voice for love. It's really all one and the same. It's really being able to hear your own inner guidance and know that that's what the truth is for you. So out of that study, this book was really... Born, but as you said at the beginning, I had no idea I was going to write a book. I was and and most of us would be a little timid and intimidated if we knew <laughs> that that's where it was going. Yeah, because if I set out to write a book, I'd probably have writer's block. <laughs> and you would start editing things that probably should not have been edited. And on that note, we need to take a break because I want to go into some other things without interruption when we come back. So this is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Irene Cohen, saying, please stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for us at keyword World Talk Radio. Meet best-selling authors, find tantalizing new books, learn the latest healthy living tips, and be inspired to coach yourself to success on Star Style. Be the star you are every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time on World Talk Radio. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her health hero daughter, Heather Brittany, fire up the airwaves with upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Come play with us. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Irene Cohen, author of Soul Journey to Love, 100 Days to Inner Peace. We've been talking about her background as a psychiatrist and her 
a spiritual path briefly. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the book Soul Journey to Love and about how you wrote it. Um, it's a daily devotional for meditators, and you've been meditating for a long, long time. Now, how, how did it manage to come about? What led you to write this book? As I said previously, I didn't start out writing a book. I didn't know I was going to be writing a book. But I was meditating in the morning, which is the time I do my meditation practice. And I do suggest people just pick a time and do it the same time because otherwise it makes it harder to have a practice. So I was meditating in the morning, and I got very distinct prompts to write words that were coming or phrases that were coming to me during the meditation. So I was in a very quiet place, and because I had learned to hear this inner voice and even speak from this inner voice in excuse me, in spiritual counseling sessions, which is not the reason that I had studied this particular voice for love technique, I really got this prompt to start to write some of these these ideas down. So I was writing them, and I was writing for a couple of months, also with no purpose in mind. And I would reread some of them sometimes, but the words just kept coming. And at some point, I got a very clear message that this was to become a book and that I should just keep listening to my own inner guidance and just keep writing every day, and it would become clear to me what would be for the book, what would be personal messages for myself, and that it would really be in enough order that it wouldn't be too difficult to determine. Therefore, I just kept writing. Um, And then in January of 2000. I can't remember what it was now. I got a very clear prompt again to stop reading other material, to stop listening to a lot of other people's podcasts, to just receive what was meant for me. Because the idea would be that the purity of it wouldn't really be influenced too much by yeah, you other would, you people's would, writings. You would be writing things that came into your mind from what you just read or heard. Right, they don't want sense. Yeah, I really didn't want to be doing that. And I, as I said, I, I really received a kind of clear guidance to to stop. So I stopped everything except I was doing the Course in Miracle lessons over again for the second or third time in my life. And I continued to do that, and that's the only thing that I was reading. So the book was born out of this, and somewhere about halfway in between, it also became clear that there would be three sections of this book, that the first section was more processes, certain explanations about thoughts and the mind and emotions. The second part would be a little more deeply explanatory, and the third and last part, more prayers and poems. Oh, the last part is so lovely. (laughs) It's just lovely. And they are all all parts. I, I tried to decide which was my favorite part of your book, and I don't know. But I loved that last part. It's so easy, and it's so, I don't know how else to say it, except that it makes your soul sing. You know, mm-hmm. That's the only way I know to say it. While we're talking about how you wrote the book, let's tell our listeners how they can get your book 
tell us what your website is, where they can find your book. Sure. The website the website I use the most is my blog website, and that's Dr. Irene Cohen, D-R, Irene Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, dot Authors Express, which is A-U-T-H-O-R-S-X-P-R-E-S-S dot com. And it will so, be on my blog. If you if you didn't get that, look on my blog. It will be there. And I'm on Amazon. The book is on Barnes & Noble. It's available as Kindle, as Nook, probably at some other kinds of devices that I don't even know about. <laughs> and I would and the, encourage people, if at all possible, to get a hard copy of this book. Um, I have it uh, as an e-book, and there are times that I wish I had it with me. I have to do a lot of driving, and I sit and wait a lot. And I would love to have this book with me. I would love to have this book so I can carry it around. I usually sit and meditate in the same place every day, but if not... Uh, it would be nice to be able to have this book with me. It, you know, it's wonderful as an ebook, but if you can get it in a hard copy, that's even better. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. I Thank just you. needed to say that. <laughs> um, so you're writing the book. Um, you've been told not to read other material. Uh, you still are working, although in a course in miracles. And how did you know then when you were finished? You got to a hundred. Yeah, I got to a hundred, and it was done. You just knew it was done. Yeah, I just knew it was done. I just knew it was done. And what was interesting also was the editing. I did the editing with spirit. I made a decision to keep all of the super intellectual ego aspects out of this and really edit from a meditative place and know that what I was changing was going to be for the highest good and what to leave. And it was the easiest editing I've ever done in my entire life of anything I ever wrote because I'm one of those obsessive rewriters. So, so to <laughs> I do know. That, to <laughs> I do know. Just really allow this to flow through me and keep it in as much of its original form as possible with, you know, some edits so that it, it made it a little more readable, sometimes not so redundant. Parts of the book do emphasize certain areas over and over again, and that's why it is meant to be read as one passage a day because if you read it, the whole thing all at once, it'll sound like a lot of repetition, but the mind and ego are kind of dense, and you need to repeat certain things over and over again in order to oh, get it. Oh, yes. So, so, so now you have the, it finished, and how did you go about getting it published? Well, I thought about self-publishing, which is so easy these days to do. And I didn't really want to go with a traditional publisher because I knew that this was written from a much more spiritual place. And I didn't yes. really want an editor coming in and saying, change this, change that, do this, do that. So it'll be more saleable because I was, I was really very single minded about what this, this book was really about. So for me, self publishing was really the, the way to go so I could have as much control as I wanted to over the content, the way the book looks, the way it's laid out. 
uh, without regard for someone else's opinion. Of course, I took other people's opinions into consideration, but I really did have a vision for what uh, the book would look like down to the details. And so I do think it's a good idea to self-publish if you know what you want to do. If you don't really know what you want to do, I'm not sure. You know, you're offered a lot of choices. You have to really know how to make a decision for yourself. So, but I, I made the decision to self-publish. And I went with Balboa Press because they're part of, uh, they're a division of Hay House. And that's a spiritual publisher. So Right. So good, Much good, friendlier yeah. for a book like yours than yeah. someone who is not spiritually oriented. Yeah, Hay House is... Hey House is wonderful publishing company. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, who's who's the best audience for your book? Is it somebody who's on a spiritual path, already a meditator, or it, will this help someone who's brand new to meditation? Where, where's I think that this can work for both uh, groups of people because it it it's a it's not A Course in Miracles, which is a very dense book to get through. Well, it's yes, it's a very wordy I'm book. I've on it for a number of years it. and I'm not finished with it yet. <laughs> right. I bought it and put it down. Um, I like to be simple, but you know, many of the principles of this book are, are principles similar to A Course in Miracles, but really not the same. And, and it, but it, but the, the aspect that's the same is the mind training aspect that our thoughts and emotions seem to rule our lives and the thoughts are really just thoughts and underneath that all is is who we truly are which some people would call love and you can call anything that you want but that, that there is something else outside of our everyday existence that that is eternal and that really is is the truth of who we are so the the, the point of this book is to bring people closer to finding that truth within themselves. There are many ways to do this, but in having a book where you can go to one short passage a day and then just reflect upon it or let yourself be brought deeper into a state of meditation, I think can be very helpful to people. Everybody's very busy. So how do you fit any practice into an already busy day. So to me, a book where each written passage is one or two pages long, you could probably spend some time. <laughs> right. You know, and, and this book does that. The, you know, the, the meditations are long enough to give you what I consider meat, um, but they're short enough that it doesn't, you don't spend an hour reading it before you sit and reflect on what you've read or let spirit speak to your own heart about what you've just read. I really appreciated the length of the meditations <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, they're nuggets, you know, they're not whole meals, you know, yes. and, they're, and they're not all dessert either. I mean, you have some really no. um, meaningful meditations uh in your book and and i appreciate that and guess what we're right up to another break um so we'll talk more about this when we come back this is irene conlon with my guest dr irene cohen 
author of Soul Journey to Love, 100 Days to Inner Peace, and we're going to talk more about her book when we come back, so stay tuned. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Everyone has a belief system that they stand by. It's comfortable and safe. If you believe that a hot stove will burn you, you won't touch it. Sometimes beliefs like this are practical, but some belief systems may be protecting you a little too much. These are the ones that might be holding you back. There's a secret to changing your belief system. And by doing so, achieve goals and live a happier, better life. Start by tuning in to Subconscious Beliefs with Dr. Hein Lambricks, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you where you want to be in life? Are you experiencing the happiness that you're entitled to? How'd you like to improve your life and well-being? Take a weekly break to listen to Change Your Mind, Change Your Life with your hosts, Jim and Lynn Swearingen. You'll learn how hypnosis can truly help you rewrite the chapters of your life. You'll also learn to change perceptions of what hypnosis is and what it isn't. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Irene Cohen. We've been talking about her book, Soul Journey to Love, 100 Days to Inner Peace. Um, Dr. Cohen has been a student of The Course in Miracles, and I really would like it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about A Course in Miracles in case some of them are not familiar with it. Sure, I'd be happy to try to truncate the 600-something pages into a sentence. <laughs> three volumes. Yeah, three volumes. It's all now in one big book. Uh, this book, A Course in Miracles, came through a woman whose name is Helen Shuckman, who was a psychologist at uh, Columbia University in New York City. And it she she took it down as dictation, and then she read it out loud to her colleague, who was the department chair at the, the Department of Psychology at Columbia, Bill Fetford, who typed out the course. So this is how Course in Miracles began. Uh, interesting story. And there was a lot of conflict in the Department of Psychology, and they both decided there had to be a better way. And out of that came this channeling, in a way, of of this book that has sold millions of copies around the world since since it uh, came out. And it took them many years, I don't know, six or seven or eight years, to write this entire tome or set of tomes. What A Course in Miracles does is it takes 
an, uh, ideas of Eastern philosophy like Advaita Vedanta and even aspects of Taoism, the idea of non-duality and oneness, and couches them into a Judeo-Christian terminology. So the idea of A Course in Miracles, one of the, there are many ideas, but one of the ideas is that the world that we see is an illusion, and beyond that is a greater reality, which is our true reality, and that we are eternal beings, and that we are really all one. And the way to reach that through A Course in Miracles is via forgiveness, which is mostly, it's not forgiving your neighbor for what you think he's done or your friend you just had a fight with or your spouse, but really forgiving yourself for any thoughts and feelings that take you out of that sense of being uh, at one with with everyone else. You see your brother as yourself. So as I said, it's couched in Judeo-Christian terms, and I was not raised as a Christian, but there's a lot of Christian terminology, and um, Helen Shuckman writes really from what uh, what's called the voice of Jesus. So that may turn some people off, but if you look at it from a broader perspective, it's really it's really the higher self of the Holy Spirit that is speaking in this book. And the word the Holy Spirit, the term is used a lot. So it's, it's written in this Christian terminology, but it's not. It's not a Christian book. It's not an anti-Christian book, to me anyway. It really has to do with making a change of perception. And the, the idea of the miracle is you have a change of perception about something, about yourself, about others, about the way you think and feel about the world. So there are 365 lessons. There's a big text, that uh, explanation, hundreds and hundreds of pages, and there are 365 lessons for each day. That really takes people through a mind training from the table you're looking at is not really a table to I am one with God or I hear the voice of God all throughout the day. And in these days of quantum physics, it's a little easier to understand some of the passages in A Course of Miracles. That's Um, true. Great explanation of this. Let's get back to your book. Your book is much, I want to say, softer. It's Mm -hmm. much more loving Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for what it's worth. That's my take on it. Somebody else might feel different, but that's how I felt about it. Um, You have some really great endorsements for your book now tell us about some of the people how did you meet them and you know how did how did you get your book to them i know some of them get so many books to read and and write about you know, that it's so fascinating to me that you know you you found them and and they were so pleased with this piece of work uh-huh. tell us about some of them Okay, well, David Paul Doyle, that's the easy one because I studied with him at The Voice for Love, but he didn't know I was writing a book, and then you know, I let him know, you know, I wrote this book. <laughs> Maybe you'd like to read it. Maybe you'd like to read it, and, you know, it would be, you know, if you have something nice to say, it, you know, I'd be happy to, you know, put it on the back of the book. So that was, the, in a way, the easy one, but he could have just as easily said, no, oh, this doesn't really fit with what we've been teaching, but that's not like yeah. I mean, he was very pleased and, and so happy that I had written this book and that uh, uh, so much of it came out of having studied 
with uh, David Paul and his wife Candace for a year. I met Larry Dossey very briefly at um, a conference, a Harvard Medical School conference for physicians who wanted and medical people who wanted to write, write um, nonfiction books, memoirs, things like that. I love and his I had works. A, love his. Yeah, work. and I had one brief conversation with him that did not last more than 90 seconds, maybe two minutes. So I tracked down his email address. I said, well, why not? So I wrote him an email, and I said I wrote this book, and um, I'd be really honored if you would take a look at it, and if you have something nice to say about it, I'd be very happy. And he wrote this most beautiful endorsement, which I did not expect at all. So... um, I was so pleased with that, and it confirmed for me, you know, that these these passages really resonate with with a lot of people because, you know, I'm sitting in my little meditation room writing, uh, isolated from the world, so to speak, uh, without really sharing this with anyone. So, and I didn't really share it with anyone except one or two friends before I sent it off like that. And it's um, interesting how you feel about your own book when it's finished. It's like your baby. Right. You know, and, and and you don't want somebody to criticize your baby. You know, you you well, want. Well, I was getting very. To... I was yeah, but I was getting pretty clear guidance that you know this was going to go to the people who it was meant for. And right, but that part of you really that's very human it. says, "Oh, what if they don't yes. like it?" You know, right, or who am I? Who am I to have written? Right, this yeah. Kind of I hear. I am. Where, where are you? You're in Texas, aren't you? I am. Where in Texas? I'm in Austin, Texas. Austin. Here but I am uh, in Austin, Texas. Who would read a book? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that kind of thing, which, you know, we, we really need to get over. Anyway, you know, you've been practicing meditation for a long time, and it's natural that a book of meditation uh, would be written by somebody who meditates. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your own practice. You know, I, I would be surprised if you sat with your own book every day, you know, so tell us a little bit about how, how you practice meditation, you know, what you've tried, what didn't work for you, what really does work for you. Okay. Meditation is well, so personal. It is. And I think, you know, one's meditation practice changes over time because I've been meditating so long. I started with a mantra-based meditation in the 1970s, and I think that gives you a point of focus to always return to. So, when did you your study something started, like transcendental meditation, yeah. or yeah, I w- yeah, I went for like one transcendental meditation or two lessons back in the day. Uh, back in the day, but back in the day, right? But um, it, it does focus you. So, you know, you let your mind wander, and then you go back to the mantra. And so there is really a usefulness in a mantra meditation like that, especially for a beginner, because the mind wanders and thoughts come up. And when you're trying to be quiet, that's when you're paying attention to even more thought. I I did a mantra-based meditation for nine or ten years, pretty religiously, so to speak. Uh, twice a day without really skipping too many times that I can remember now. Over time, certainly my practice has changed. When I was doing the Qigong, I was doing certain Qigong-type meditations. That's a moving meditation. 
there's a certain amount of guided visualization that one does in the Qigong that I studied, Jin and Qigong. In the United States is called Qiuel Qigong. But it was all, as I said before, to really be exchanging your energy with energy of the universe to go out into the universe and bring it back into your body. And that was a much more expansive experience in meditation of being one with everything. That's really where that uh, Qigong practice took me to. And I would say the mantra meditation did not take me there. Then for a number of years, I've just been sitting and sitting doing nothing, <laughs> sitting doing nothing, thinking nothing. Um, oh, I'd say you, you've really advanced if you can sit and think and do nothing. Yeah. In the, in the Voice for Love training, we were really, we were taught five simple steps. So the first aspect of it is to extend love to all your thoughts. So if you're sitting in meditation and a thought comes or an emotion comes, you just extend love to it. It is so easy and it's so beautiful because it's not like you're loving every thought, but you're just extending love to it as if you're a loving mother extending love to her child. In doing that, the thoughts really don't have so much hold on one and do not have so much meaning, and that's a kind of preparatory step for merging with your higher self. So, so, so it is one way to quiet the mind. And so that is what I did when I was writing the book. I'd like Sitting. to hear all five of these if we can, but right now it's time for us to take another break. Um, this is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Irene Cohen, talking about meditation. Stay tuned because we're going to be back with more. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Dr. Irene Cohen. We're talking about her book, Soul Journey to Love, 100 Days to Inner Peace. And we've been talking about meditation and specifically her own meditation practice. Uh, she just told us there are five points. Um, she, I don't... I, don't know that I heard where you got these. The first one is when you have thoughts to extend love to it when you're in meditation and these thoughts keep running in. So what's the second one, Dr. Cohen? Yes, well, this is based on the five steps to hearing God's voice by uh, the, the founders of the Voice for Love program, David Paul and Candace Doyle. So they do have five steps. The first is extending love to all one's thoughts and feelings. The second step is to merge with your higher self. And you can do that either by appreciation, a sense of gratitude, feeling of love for something, and get into that place of peace. The third step is to ask a question. I never used to ask questions. I just used to sit waiting to receive. Sometimes I get something, most of the time I just be peaceful. I never thought to ask a question. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why both ways aren't valid. Right. But I got much more when I asked a pointed question. The fourth step is to receive the answer, which could come in any form, might not come right then and there. It could come as a sign. It can come as a person. It can come as a book. It can come as a still small voice or a big booming voice. It doesn't have to be some big booming voice. And the fifth step is to embody the answer and not let the ego say, oh, that's not worth it. Oh, you, you're just making it up. Really extend love to any thoughts and feelings that come after you receive the answer so that you know that this answer is truly the answer for you at the time. So my book is based on my having studied that technique, but the book is not in question and answer form. There are a couple of passages where there are questions. Um, general questions and some answers that come from spirit. But for the most part, I sat and just got quiet and extended love to all my thoughts and feelings and merged with my higher self and the words just came. So sometimes you need to ask a question and sometimes you're open enough to, to um, merge with that aspect of yourself in order to bring yourself to a quieter place and a place of peace and understanding of oneself that really does not have to do that much with what we seem to do all day with our minds, which is think, think, think. Exactly. You know, what would you tell a beginning meditator? You know, would you go through these five points or, you know, let's say I came to you and said, I really want to meditate, or I'm a client of yours and you said, I think meditation might help you. What would you give me or what would you tell me to help me get started? I do think, as I may have mentioned before, it's really important to set aside a time and a place to meditate and to be free of the cell phone, the TV, the kids, whatever, other people. 
even if it's just for literally a few minutes. Because sometimes you need to just do a couple of minutes and then you build up minute by minute to build up that meditation muscle. Some people think, oh, to sit for a half hour, I don't have a half hour. Well, you may have five minutes. So yeah. that's still more than 99% of people in the world are doing. So five you know, if, if you read some of the books about, by yogis, you, you know, you, you hear that they meditate for hours and hours. And, yeah, well, and you, you don't have to do that. Now, it's no, it's lovely if you that. can. But you don't have so, to do that. Mm-hmm, no, you, you don't have, well, we don't have the time to do that. You know, nobody else is like making all our food and everything else for us. You know? So it's hard. Right, it's hard in, right. in modern, in modern right. Western life. But five minutes to center and focus yourself and even let the thoughts come, extend love to the thoughts. Recognize that one thought is really no more important than any other thought. I told so many patients this over the years that, you know, wait a minute, you're going to have another, you know, 10 more thoughts. And how do you choose what's important, what's not important? So we really have to think that our thoughts are are not coming from who we truly are underneath. And it's a manufacturing of the mind. And this is what the mind, or as we call the ego, this is what the ego does. It thinks. That's the ego's job. That's the so job. So, so let it think, and you can observe it. You can be the observer of the ego and let it do its job and extend love to it, and you be who you really are. And sometimes your insights come at a time that's not during meditation. I always find that fascinating, <laughs> that insights come seeping through and I'm thinking where's that coming from <laughs> oh okay uh, that's you know where where I was a couple of days ago it's always lovely when you start getting information I have a dear friend who tells me to trust the information mm-hmm. you know sometimes we think oh that where did that come from that can't be valid you know blah 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 and trust your information you know, talk, I think the uh, way talk to, a little bit uh, since you're a spiritual person and you are a writ, you're a writer and you're a psychiatrist and we have all this going on about the Mayan calendar. Um, what do you think this the end of the Mayan calendar means to us? I'm asking everybody that question. You're asking everybody that question. Um, I think that the Mayan calendar, the the end of the Mayan calendar, is really an internal. And the beginning of something new within. So it doesn't have to do with a natural disaster, to me anyway, and upheavals in governments or anything like that. For me, it really has to do with an internal change of perception of people opening up to a, a new way of seeing. And there certainly are more people, more and more people, who are noting and noticing that their perception is changing. And the way that they're feeling changes. And I think that that is the, if, if there's a spiritual meaning to this event, that really is it. It's an internal perceptual change. I've heard that same perception before. And that I, I think that's the one that I buy into the most. And I think there's so many of us that it's going to be noticeable. No, I, I think that you know spiritual awakening is close for many people. I, I <laughs> hope that I hope that the, I hope that's the case. Um, what do you have uh, on the horizon for more books? Do you have anything in progress? Uh, 
so hard to say because, as we said, the book is like a baby in and of itself. You have to keep nurturing it till it grows up a little bit. <laughs> right. I, do, I, do, I do continue to write. I've been writing some more about healing. Uh, I think that'll probably become a book. I don't know if that'll be the next book, but this book is not that I wrote, uh, Soul Journey to Love. It's not so much about healing or physical healing or emotional healing, although there's a little bit about that. Uh, in this book, but that's not really the focus of that book. But I think the next one may be more focused on uh, aspects of physical and emotional healing, trying to pull some ideas together. Well, we'll watch for it. One thing I I want to comment on, um, on day 40 of the book, and and your book is in days, uh, Mm -hmm. you you asked the question, when will peace come? And the answer is, you gave is you will find peace within yourself without death or illness and you will find it now and I find that such a comforting wonderful thought you know and, and the, the book has more of these so you know I, I would encourage people to get the book we're right up at the end of the show what's the final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today Dr. Cohen I think that I would like to say to everyone listening that there really is a way to find inner peace and to be able to then carry that with you throughout your day. It's one thing to meditate, you know, on the cushion and another thing to take it into the world. So if there is a way that the the book that I've written can help make people think about some of the phrases and be able to take some of those through their day, that will bring you back to a more calm and focused and centered way of acting and being, being with others, being with yourself. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can do, that world peace starts with inner peace, and we really do need to find that inner peace. Wonderful words. Next week's guest is Nia Nell. Nia Nell is a multi-platinum recording artist who has a new book just out called Knowing Who I Am, Love Yourself and Make a Difference. We'll have a chance to enjoy her story as well as her music. Dr. Cohen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Irene. I really enjoyed it. What a delight. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Dr. Irene Cohen, saying thank you for being with us today and come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.